0: Well, good evening to everyone. Uh, Tonight we're gonna be talking about conquering the giant. Conquering the giant. Okay. Okay, Um, in life we all face many challenges and they come in all shapes and sizes. Challenges come through people, they come through places, they come through things. But no matter what we're facing, Uh, We don't face it alone Uh, We have Jesus And Jesus has already paid the price For us to have victory uh, In every area of our life It's in him that we have victory It's in him that we're going to win So uh, in 1 John 4 uh, 4 and 4 We're going to go to 1 John 4 and 4 And it reads You are of God, little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world so greater is Jesus the Jesus that's in us than the enemy that's in the world Uh, we belong to God and God gave his very best gift to us and that gift lives inside of us and and through Jesus because Jesus lives inside of us his anointing lives in us and we operate uh through his anointing and his anointing is the burden removing yoke destroying power of God and that's found in Isaiah 10 and 27. Jesus has given us his wisdom uh he has given us power and authority to uh to operate and function in his name and at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Uh, that's found in Romans 14 and 1. So at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, which means that, uh, what's a name? Depression is a name. So at the name of Jesus, depression has to bow, right? Amen. Amen. So we as God's children, we have to understand the gift of, that's inside of us, what dwells inside of us, okay? So let's look at Luke 10 and 19. Luke 10 and 19. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, and it says, uh, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will harm you. So that scripture lets us know. First of all, it tells us to pay attention. Look, pay attention to this right here. I want you to know you're my child. I want you to understand what I have given you. I have given you authority over the enemy. So we have to understand that we have authority over all the power of the enemy. That's inside of us. We have that right now. We're not going, we don't have to be debating about if we're going to get that. We already have that. And so we have to exercise the power that's already been given to us. All the power that we need to defeat and overcome the tricks of the enemy, they are already in us. Because Jesus is in us. He lives in us. And what we need to do is exercise the word of God every day so that we can get strong to resist the temptations that we face every day. So we exercise the word. We use the word. And in James 4 and 7, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. And resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there, here's our part. Our part is we have to submit ourselves to God. When we submit to God, that means that uh, we're pressing in. We pray the word of God. We speak the word of God. We believe the word of God. We receive the word of God. We do the word of God. And when we do that, the enemy, that pushes the enemy away from us. And he and, and, and says that if we submit ourselves, therefore, to him, then we can resist the temptations of the world because we'll know what is true and what is not because we're in the word and the word because we're praying, we're saying, we're believing, we're walking in and out, we're doers of the word. And the enemy won't have us on the run, we'll have him on the run. We'll be conquerors. We'll conquer the giant. This is how we're going to conquer the giant. See, we got to build a foundation so when he shows up we'll know what to do. Okay? Um, Jesus in uh, Luke 4 Jesus was in the uh, willingness, and the enemy, the devil, was tempting him 40 days and 40 nights. And um, after he had tempted him, uh, Jesus was hungry, and he was tired. And the enemy, he was using the word to try to trick Jesus. And uh, But Jesus knew the word. He knew the word. He told him, if you... Oh, let's look. Let's go there. Let's go over there. Let's go to Luke 4 and um, 1. Because Jesus is our example, and he did show us how that we can defeat the enemy. That's why I say if if we're praying and and if we're uh, saying and reading the word and it's getting inside of us, then when he shows up, when the tempter shows up, then uh, we'll know how to respond. It says, "Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, verse one, returned from Jordan. I'm sorry, Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted, forty days by the devil, in those days he was, in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards." When he had ended, he was hungry. So Jesus was in the wilderness, and the enemy had tempted him uh, for 40 days, and now Jesus hadn't had anything to eat, and he was hungry. He was weak. That's when the enemy comes for us, is when we're we're basically empty, we're weak, and now he wants to try to attack us, you know. But we got to come back with the word. We have to pass our tests when the enemy shows up. uh Let's look at Romans 8 and 37. So, when we submit our ways to God's way of doing things, then we'll know how uh, to resist the enemy. Uh, Let's look at Romans 8 and 37. Jesus passed his test, he passed all his tests uh, that the enemy uh, with the word. He used the word to pass the test. Um, Romans 8 and 37. It tells us that we are more than conquerors through Jesus because he loves us. So we have to celebrate in our hearts, realize in our heart, Jesus, he loves us. There's nothing that um, we can say or do, he loves us. And he has given us uh, power, and he has given us, he's showing us how we we are more than conquerors through him because he loves us. The word conqueror means um, to uh, defeat in war. It means to gain control of. It means to subdue in military, or it means to eliminate. That's what the word conqueror means. And we are uh, in a military force, and we have a military force. It is God's word, because God's word, he reveals to us who we are, and what we can do. We have Jesus' blood. Jesus' blood, it justifies us. It sanctifies us. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It redeems us from the curse of the law. It redeems us from sickness, disease, and death, spiritual death. Uh, He heals us. And then we have the uh, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, he guides us. He guides us into all truth. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. He's the one that helps us. And then we have the uh, angels of God. And the angels of God, they protect us. They're always with us, protecting us. We're never alone. They're always with us. We all have an angel assigned to us. And not only does the angel watch over us, but he watches over God's word to perform it in our life. So whatever we are facing in our life right now, we have a guarantee that we win as long as we stay in God, in the family, stay here, stay with him. Then we know we're going to win the situation. Whatever we're facing, the end result is we win because we have God on our side. Amen? Amen. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Our confidence... Now, now, see, our confidence is not in ourselves and our own abilities. That we know within, within ourselves, we, we're, we're, we could be defeated within ourselves. But we win because our, our confidence is in Him and we know that God will help us. Uh, in Hebrews uh, 13 and 6, Hebrews 13 and 6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So we can boldly say, boldly say. Boy, that's that's having confidence in your God when you can boldly say, The Lord is on my side. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Boy, that's a bold statement and um, well this, this is why boldly we can say this is because we know we got a spiritual military force around us see I'm standing up here you don't see them but I got God he's here with me Jesus is with me I got the Holy Ghost with me and I got the angels encamped all around me now to the natural eye, I may not look like that much but in the spirit, I got spirit backup. I got heavenly backup behind me. So you know, that's awesome. Yes, I mean you have to really think about that. Even when we're facing things, we don't face it by ourselves. If we really is connected to the source, then we know we don't face it by ourselves. We got heavenly backup. We got military behind us. See, when the military in the nature shows up, that gets everybody's attention. So we have supernatural. We got, uh, we got uh, spiritual military around us. Every, every believer has this. And we may not recognize it. We, not, we may not use all of our military force that we have, but it's still available to us all. Amen? And in second uh, Corinthians four and 18, it does says, it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are, are, seen, they are temporary, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. And that's God. That's the word. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. That's angels. They are eternal. They are the things that we do not see, but they do exist. Amen. 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 Joshua and Joshua 1 and 9. Uh, Joshua, yeah, Joshua 1 and 9. It says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. This, jo, he was telling Joshua this because uh, Moses had uh, passed away. And now Joshua going to have to lead the children of Israel. And so the first thing that God told Joshua was, he said, Be strong and of good courage. He said that first because whenever you're going to get a big assignment, the first thing you want to wanna knock at the door is fear. So he says, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord, your Lord God, is with you wherever you go. So, God is with us wherever we go. Okay, what are the giants that you are facing right now? Maybe it's some uh, type of fear holding you back from stepping out in faith, maybe it's the fear of change. Maybe it's the fear of unknown, you're not sure. Maybe it's the fear of failure. Or maybe it's the fear that you think no one will like you, or you may not have enough to make it. To, to, uh, you, you're, you're afraid that you don't have enough to provide for your family. Well, in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, For God has not given you the spirit of fear. So if we have the spirit of fear, we already know that God didn't give us that. But what did God give us? He gave us power. He said power and of love and sound mind. So we got power, we got love, and we got a sound mind. And that's a blessing because there's a lot of people, (laughs) especially when you go to talking about a sound mind or just to be in your right mind is a blessing. Just to be able to recognize, you know, know, recognize things and to recognize yourself and to know who you are is a blessing. But it says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. In Deuteronomy 31 and 6, again it says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God he is the one who goes with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you so not only will God go with us he will not forsake us God is with us at all times he is always with us. He's, he, he's right there in the midst of whatever we're facing. We are not facing it alone because God is with us. And the reason why I'm reading all this is because in order to face a giant, you're going to—the you, first thing whenever one of God's men was getting ready to do a great work, he would say, be strong and be of good courage. Be strong. Why does he say be strong first? Because, like I said, fear will knock at the door, and it will try to paralyze you and keep you from moving forward. But And then he lets you, lets you know that I'm with you. I won't forsake you. All that I am is in you and with you, ready to go with you. Amen. That's good to know. Okay. And 1 Samuel 17 and... um. Yeah, 1 Samuel 17 and 34. Let's look over there. Uh, this is the story of of uh, David. 1 Samuel, I had this mark. 1 Samuel 17 and 34. David is going to show you what an attitude of a conqueror looks like. Uh, we know that David... Um, that uh Saul and the children of Israel were in a battle and the Philistines uh were they was in a battle with them and they were afraid of the Philistine because of the giant Goliath uh he had put the fear of God and God he had put the fear up on God's people and um they were very f- afraid they were scared God's people were afraid okay but they but uh David showed up in verse, uh, let me see, verse 34. In, uh, Isaiah, I mean, not Isaiah, First Samuel. I got to get by, okay. First Samuel 17 and 34, okay? David shows up because God's people is afraid, and, uh, and this is what he says. But David said to Saul, your servant... Used to, used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, and I, I uh, struck it and delivered. So this giant had Goliath's people afraid. And um, so David, he was full of courage, and he was not afraid of the giant because he knew what he was packing. He knew who was with him. And see, when you know who you, who's with you, who's on your side, then you don't have to be afraid of what's on the other side. Uh, that's going to be in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 17 and 34. Can you read uh, 34 through 36, please?
1: Okay. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear. And took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him. And delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me. I caught him by his beard. And smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he have defied the armors of the living God. Okay, you see the attitude that David has?
0: David has the attitude of a conqueror. He's he he he's letting us know how we should be in a uh this type of situation. When the enemy shows up, we don't have to be afraid, because what he said was the lion and and the um bear came into his house, his camp. And stole his lamb. And so what he did was he chased him and went and pulled it, pulled the lamb out of the out of the bear's mouth and the um the lion's mouth. Now that's that's interesting. Cause think about a lion for a minute. You gotta have some courage to do this, and you better know that God is on your side when you go out there and you're gonna do all of this because um if not, the lion can turn on you. The giant can turn on you if you don't know who you are. But David knew who he was. He knew God was on his side. And so he went and took back what belongs to him. Amen. Amen. And that's our attitude. This is the attitude of a conqueror. You do not bow down to the giant, but you stand before the giant and let him know this is. Philistine, did have, he did not have a right to be in God's people's presence. And he was, he, was, he was talking about them. He was telling them what he was going to do to them. They was afraid of him, the giant. So we as God's people, we have got to start using what's available to us. The Bible says that greater is he. Who is the He? It's Jesus? Greater is He that is in us. He is in us. We are packing so much power that we just let fall by the wayside. You know, when the enemy comes and shows up, we just let him just do whatever, but no, not David. David said, "Oh, oh to the no. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. So he went. And chased down the lion. Mm-hmm. He chased him down, and then he took, and then he took the lamb. The lion had the lamb in the mouth. He said, "Oh no, you're not gonna eat him." He went and took him out, and then he said he grabbed him by his beard, and then he killed him. He killed the lion. David said, "You know what? That's it. You won't get another chance, another opportunity. I'm taking you out today." Amen amen so that's how we got to be we got to look at our life and say you know what uh uh no 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 not another day I'm not dealing with this another day this is it and face the giant of our lives and and conquer that giant amen amen and let me see where I'm at oh go to verse uh, 46 okay so David told David went to Saul and told Saul, "Hey, I'll deal with the giant, the Mr. giant. I'll deal with him." That's basically what he's saying in my language. He said, "I'll deal with him just like I just like the Lord was with me with the bear and the lion, I'll go and I will face this great this giant Goliath." So in verse uh 46, David told them, told uh Goliath what he was going to do to him. Go ahead. Uh, Read verse 46 through uh, 50, please. Thank you.
1: This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth it not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh To meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slain it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth.
0: David. Ran to the giant not away from the giant he wasn't scared matter of fact he ran, he ran towards the whole army he was like alright come on just, just imagine David see and, and the giant was laughing like what what you gonna do see that's what the enemy be saying about us what you gonna do I said the enemy be saying I said you ain't going I said you ain't got no money I said you can't do this I said But we got to put the word. We got to start speaking up. We got to to begin to say what God says about us and not let the enemy just come in and just do whatever he want to do in your house. You got to let the devil know, this is my house. Matter of fact, you get out. Open the door and let him out. Open the door and let him out. Let him out. He can't stay no more. He'd been there too long. They was up there. The, the God's people was afraid for a long, long time. They were scared. And David said, who is this? Who got the nerves to come up? You, you defy the army of God? You coming against God's people? Oh, to the no. You know, we got to have an attitude. It's about an attitude. We got to get to the point where we... We got to say, this just ain't right. This is not acceptable. I'm not taking this. No. We got to have an attitude about things that are going on in our life and not just accept everything that come by, come our way. We don't have to just accept it because it comes up. We can stand against some things. That's what we do. We are more than conquerors through Christ we are more than conquered. Christ lives, Christ lives in us. Amen. First Peter, let's go to First Peter uh, five and eight. Now this is how we're going to uh, conquer the giant. First Peter five and eight, it tells us to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. we got to have our spiritual eyes and ears open and alert at all time continuously checking and making sure uh, making sure that that we don't allow the devil to take anything that belongs to us and the only way we're going to do that we got to be alert we got to be paying attention we got to pay attention we got to be serious about our walk in the Lord because we're supposed to be watch we are supposed to be watching watchful making sure that uh we don't allow the adversary to influence how we respond to problems and situations we don't let we don't let we don't let him influence us and well, that's why we got to be sober minded we got to be vigilant and in uh uh Titus uh 2 and uh, 12, this is, I'm going to read it out of the ESV version. It tells us, uh, training, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passion and to live self-control, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So the way we're going to demonstrate God's characteristics it's going to be through discipline and obedience to what He has asked us to do. So, whatever God is, has asked us to do, we're going to have to—we're going to be going to have to be strong, and we're going to have to get us courage and step out on faith and do what God has asked us to do. Amen. Amen. Um, the devil—he acts like he got all power. He acts like he's a big, bad wolf, but he's a lie. He's a lie. He can only control what we give him permission to control. He only knows. He, he, he's not all-knowing. He don't know everything, and he's limited. He's, he's, he's very limited. You know, he wouldn't know a lot of stuff if we wouldn't tell him. <laughs> but we tell him. We tell we I mean we just talk so much. We really do. And you and and you know there is a verse, uh John one nineteen, and it says, My dear James it's James one nineteen and it says, My dear brother and sister, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So really We should be those that are quick to listen and not talk so much. We get in trouble because we talk too much. But if we learn to just stop and listen, we could actually hear the Holy Spirit speak to us and let us know if we're about to make the wrong decisions, if we're fellowshipping with the wrong people. I mean, if things are not going right at the school, we can have the answers. Because sometimes, you know, uh, the the teacher uh, say your child is doing certain things and because maybe maybe you know they done something wrong in the past and you're quick to believe the teacher but if you just listen for a minute the Holy Spirit may give you what's really going on so if we learn how to be quick to listen so sometimes let's just not talk so much amen Amen. Okay. you know We know about John 10 and 10. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. We all know that that's his job. Uh, but that's why, since we know that, that's why we need to make sure that our foundation is solid. That we are building it on the word. And make sure that there is no leaks or cracks in the ceiling. Now. Because if there's leaks and cracks in the ceiling, that means that Satan, he can get in and bring trouble in your home, in your body, in your family, and in your relationship. So, if we, if, we, if, our, if our life, if we're experiencing some trouble, we may need to check and make sure we don't have no leak in our foundation. There's nothing leaking in our foundation, that we haven't left a a crack somewhere and the enemy has gotten in. Uh, Romans 13 and 11 says, And knowing this, that it is high time to wake out of sleep, but now is our salvation nearer than we first believed. So we as Christians, we've got to wake up. It's time to shake ourselves and stop daydreaming because we are responsible for uh, the world around us. We are responsible for uh, m- uh, the things that are around us. We're supposed to use the word of God to change our surroundings. It's our responsibility to do that. And it's our responsibility to speak God's word and to put on the armor of God. It's time for us to stop being intimidated by the, by the enemy because he looked big and strong. Just because he's big and strong on me, he all that. Because we packing too. We got some stuff. We got some spiritual power behind us, and we need to begin to exercise in it. So we're now we're going to go to Ephesians 6 and 10. So we'll know what our weapons are. Yes. It's time for us to put our weapons on so we can be ready. We'll be ready like soldiers standing at, on duty, ready to uh, act whenever we need to. Let's look at uh, Ephesians six and ten, and I'm gonna read it out of the New Living Translation. I'm gonna try. <laughs> it says, "A final word." He's uh oh. It says, "Be strong in the Lord and in the, and in His mighty power. Put on all of God." Armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in darkness, and against every... evil spirits in heavenly places therefore put on the peace of god's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after after the battle you will stand you will still be standing firm stand your ground putting on the putting on the, the belt of truth and the body of the armor of god's righteousness for shoes put on peace that goes for god For the good news. So that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these. Hold on. Hold up the shield of faith. To stop the the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as a helmet. And take the shield of the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times. On all occasions. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer, and for all the believers everywhere. So, every day, just like we put on physical clothes, we need to we need to choose to put on the armor of God, and so this so we'll be able to fight against the scheme, the 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 the, the devices of the devil. So the breastplate, so the back. So it said, the belt of truth. The belt of truth holds everything up. So I was going to actually tape this on myself, but my tape wouldn't work. So I'm just going to do it like this. This is the way I got it. Okay. The belt, the truth. The truth in John 17 17 says, Sanctify thee by thy truth. Your word is true. And John 8 and 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if we know the truth, it's going to make us free. So it is the belt. It's the thing. It is what holds up everything. And then it says, Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Of righteousness, The breastplate of righteousness. This is what protects the heart and protects all the your organs and everything. So... Uh, in 2 Corinthians five and twenty-one, it says, "For He, for He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God." And in Proverbs four and twenty-three, it says, "Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life." So, the breastplate of righteousness. This will be covering everything. Just think about an, a person that's got on this armor. This is what we're supposed to dress up in every day. So when we put our clothes on, we need to put this on too, okay? All right. Then we're going to put our shoes on. <laughs> this is the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace. So we're going to go teach the good news to everybody. And that's that's uh, Romans 10 and 15. It says, How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written how, written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So, put our shoes on. Don't leave home without it. Okay, and then we're going to put on our shield of faith. The shield of faith is uh, what uh, we trust God as he protects us to stop the devil's dots of fear, doubt, and worry from destroying us. So don't leave home without your shield. Okay? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Oh, the helmet of salvation. We definitely got to protect the head, okay? <laughs> so protect your head. All right. And that, yeah, protect the head, and it brings down wrong thoughts. That's uh, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity against, in captivity to the obedience of Christ. We have to eliminate all strongholds and wrong images about ourselves. Tear those walls down. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, I'm, I'm getting confused here. Hold on a minute. Um, oh, okay. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Can't forget that one. Oh, my Lord. Okay, that's Psalms one nineteen one o five. 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then... And the last one is praying in the spirit, and you're going to build yourself up in your holy holy faith. That's uh, Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay, now we dress. We got everything on, right? (laughs) Okay, we got the foundation, and we are dressed up. But let's just say one morning we decide that we're not going to put the sword or the spirit on. We're going to leave that off. We ain't going to put that. that we, we gonna, we, I'm dressed up, but I ain't going to put the word on today. I don't feel like it. You know, I don't feel like getting the word today. So that day, I'm going to rely on my head knowledge and the flesh to guide me all day. So I'm going to be walking in darkness, even if I'm thinking so, even if I think I'm very smart, I still would be walking in darkness because I forgot the sword or the spirit, the word of God. Okay. All right, we're gonna look at Luke six and forty-seven because I'm almost done. Luke six and forty-seven. It tells us how to build our house that we live in. I really am. Okay. It says. Uh, Luke uh four six and forty-seven. Whosoever comes to me and hear my saying and do, and and does them, I will show you who I who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the uh, flood arose and the stream beat a, violently against against the house and could not, it could not shake it for it was found on the rock but he who hears, hears and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the streams beat violently and immediately it fell and ruined the house he was the house he ruined the house now I read that because now I want to just tell you a short story now this is a child's story. It's this, child, this story is based on a child's story. It's the uh, three pigs and the wolf. Okay, but in this story, I'm going to change the pigs to Christians, and I'm going to change the wolf to the giant because that's what we're talking about. Now each one of uh, each one of them build a house. We have the first Christian and we have the second Christian and we have the third Christian. And each one of them built a house different, okay? All right, here's the story. The first Christian built his house with straws because he did not want to spend a lot of times making sure he had a solid foundation. He was only concerned with heaven, only concerned with having fun, And taking the easy way out He was slowful and very lazy So one day When the giant showed up At this first Christian's door And demanded demanded him to let him in The first Christian He didn't know what to do Because he was not prepared Now let's pause for a minute Sometimes we as believers think if we just say a couple of scriptures we can get God to move on our behalf without doing much effort putting much effort in but God's word must get into our heart for it to work in our life. There is no magic pill to take to get results overnight. This is a process and it's a relationship building. So we must immediately we must meditate in the word until it's a part of us just like we breathe, just like breathing. Now the giant came and he huffed and he puffed and he told the first Christian what he was going to do to him if he didn't let him in. He blew Hot air and down went this first Christian's house because he believed the lies the enemy had. The en- he believed the lies of the enemy and his foundation was shaking. The f- this first Christian found himself on the run from the enemy. So I asked you a question Do the devil have you on the run? Is your back against the rope and you're about to be counted out? Well, don't lose hope. It's time to use your fate and get back in the race. It's time to let go of every stronghold thought that's keeping you from getting the victory over that situation. It's time to let it go. That's the first Christian. The second Christian. He built his house with sticks, just a little stable, a little bit better than the first Christian. Now, the, the giant was traveling down the road looking for who he could devour. And he found the first and the second Christian playing and having fun in the house. The giant, he could smell them inside and his mouth began to water as he thought about how fine, how fine the dinner they would make. So he knocked on the door. He knocks on the door, and he asks to come in. So the enemy knocks on the door. Can I come in? If the enemy knocks on your door, wanting to come in, what would he find? Would he find faith or would he find doubt and unbelief? We need to take inventory of our life and make sure that we're walking by faith and not by sight. In Second Corinthians five and seventeen, that's Second Corinthians five and second Corinthians five and seven. Sorry. Okay, you got the two Christians they in the house, and they hear the uh, the giant knocking at the door. Now the giant can be anything. You got all kinds. Of, we'll get to that. Okay, sorry. You got the two Christians there in the house. They was having fun, and they wasn't, you know, one worried about too much or nothing. But until the giant knocked on the door, and they said, "You can't come in. We know who you are." Go away, they said. the giant said, Well, I huff and I puff, and I tear your house down with lies and deceit, and down came the house. The two Christians escaped and ran to the third Christian's house, and they were safe, but the giant was right behind them, all and almost had them until they shut the door okay now all three Christians was in the house and afraid of the giant outside now they knew he wanted to destroy them because by now the giant was very angry And he knocked on the door, and he demanded they let him in. Let me in, he said. But they hollered out, and they said, they said, no poverty spirit can come in here. No depression spirit can come in here. No sickness, no bitterness, no evil can come in here. No jealousy can come in here, the three Christians said. The giant said, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow the spirit of unforgiveness upon this house. So the giant, he blew, and he blew all the poison that he could come up with, but nothing was penetrating this house. This house was different, he thought. Why can't I destroy this house like I've done so many before? Well, the third Christian built his house on a rock. He built it out of bricks. He built built his house out of bricks. He took the principles that he had learned about the armor of God, and he applied them in his life. He took the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. the um, He took the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, and the praying in the spirit. And he surrounded himself in God's mighty power. Then they... Uh, they were in the house, so they got all. He got all of this. Uh, the uh, the third Christian he put on the armor of God. So they all were in the house. All the Christians were in the house, and they began to shout. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. They said. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, they said. They said it, and they said it, and they said it. Until finally, the giant said, Oh no, I feel weak. I'm tired. Maybe I I should leave and come back later. I don't feel so good. So the giant he left so the Christians realized as long as they stayed in the house they were safe from the enemy they began to sing and dance before the Lord and shout the voice of victory because they had conquered the giant the end that's it